You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. To everyone uh, joining us on site here at uh, Tongli, and also for those of us who are joining us at uh, 345 Old Chochukan Road. And of course, those of you who are joining us online at the Comfort of your home. And uh, just wanted to get all of us in a heart to open up, our hearts to open up to listen to what God has. But at the same time as we come, for those of us who are joining us online, even those online, I know times have been difficult for all of us. And uh, many of us now, you know, we are coming in contact, close contact with people who are contracted with a disease and a lot of inconvenience. And when I know some of us, for our family members, or even maybe you, have also, are also going through those moments. And it can be quite tough, be quite tough. And reminds me of some one, one to one, I guess, you know, where the psalmist cries out saying, I lift my you know, eyes up, hands up, crying for that help, asking where does my help come from. I, I believe it's a good reminder that our help comes from the Lord. And we all need help. So I want to just invite us to come to that place as David has wonderfully led us come to that place through worship, through song. So I want to just take this opportunity to bring healing and ask God for help that you need. So right now, would you bow your heads with me and just open your hearts. And if you need help from the Lord, any kind of help, healing perhaps, any kind of help, would you just come right now and open your hearts and just think of that help that you need at this point in time. I would like to draw your attention to say that our God is the God who helps in times of need. So right now, you just open your hearts and just say to the Lord, yes, this is where I need help today, whether you are on site or online. As you do that, let me pronounce blessings. Let me pronounce healing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In the name that is above all names, in the name that has power to heal, I pray, bring healing to those who need healing this point in time. Bring comfort, peace, confidence to those who need. Bring restoration to those who need. Bring those help 
each one of us right now. Oh Lord, we look up to you and we ask, where does our help come from? Yes, we agree with the psalmist. Our help comes from you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, would you release your help, O Lord? Every one of us here right now. And would you, everyone, on-site, online, would you receive the help from the Lord right now? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as we prayed, may the Lord really bring that healing and may you experience that healing, that help, that restoration that you need throughout this week. Now let me begin by asking you a question, and that is this. Did you ever get into an argument or some sort of disagreement or some kind of a conflict with someone over something. Now, if your answer is, yes, I have, could you please raise your hand so that I know that I am not the only person with a yes answer? Anyone? Thank you so much. And I believe over there at 345, and even those who are joining online, you would raise your hand as well. We all did in one way or another, right? And the truth is, we still do even today. We still get into argument, quarrel, and conflict with the people around us, especially those close or closest to us. In fact, some of us right now as I speak, as you raise your hand, you're actually right in the middle of a conflict with someone over some. And perhaps if you are joining us on-site, online, you are distracted because your mind is consumed by that conflict. We'll talk about that consuming, right? Just, just hold on for a while. Question is this, why? Why is that the case? Why do we argue? Why do we quarrel? Why do we end up Becoming enemies all of a sudden. Why do we break up? Why do we break up in our relationships, in our marriage, in our love relationships, in our families, in our friendships? Why? Why do we end up in a conflict with each other? What do you think is the root cause? What do you think is the root cause of all our arguments, disagreements, quarrels, fights, breakups? What is the root cause of all our conflicts with each other? That, my brothers and sisters, my friends, is what we are going to talk about today as we continue with our series called Triumph Through Trials from the Book of James. Uh, but it's not just about what I think. It's not about what I think or what we think of what the root cause of all the, our conflicts is. That's not our focus. But primarily, what God thinks 
primarily what God says in his word about the root cause and source of all our conflicts with each other. That's our focus. And from today's text, which is James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, God, through James, tells us, listen to this carefully, God, through James, tells us that conflicts arise from unmet desires in our hearts. When we feel that we cannot be satisfied unless we have that something we want or we think we need, our desire turns into a demand. And if someone fails to meet that desire, that's when we argue, that's when we quarrel, that's when we fight with him or with her to get what we want. In short, conflicts arise when our desires become demands. And we forcefully push through our way to get what we want from others. Let me unpack this in three parts. First, the conflict of our desires in us, the conflict of our desires with others, and finally, the conflict of our desires with God. First, the conflict of our desires in us. This is what James said in verse 1 of chapter 4. What causes your fights and quarrels among you? What causes fights and quarrels among you? The fact that James asked this question tells us that there were conflicts among the Christians at that time. And James being James, right? He has no time to beat around the bush. He is not interested and he doesn't want to waste time by addressing, listen, the symptoms of the conflict. He goes straight to the source, not the symptoms, but the source of our conflicts. And that's why James asks, what causes, what is the root cause, what is the source of all your fights and quarrels among you? Then he answers his own question with another answer, question, and that is this. Don't they, they referring to the what? Quarrels and the fights and the conflicts, don't they come from your desires? That's the word that we want to pay attention don't they come from your desires that battle within you? In other words, James is simply saying this. The root cause of all your conflicts, it doesn't matter what conflicts, small, medium, large, whatever size or shapes or forms, any conflicts, it can all go back to this very thing. The root cause. Is your desires, and particularly your unmet desires. Conflict in the external is largely the result of the conflict in the internal, which is our unmet, which is your unmet desires. And James tells us that these unmet desires are battling 
within us, within you, inside of you. That means, listen, brothers, sisters, listen, friends, that means we are fighting against our own, what? Desires before we go and fight with others. These unmet desires, earlier I said, right, the word consuming, now we come to that part. These unmet desires that you have are consuming you, are controlling your thoughts and your behaviors. So let me ask you, my brothers and sisters, my friends, what are some of your unmet desires? Do you have any? What are some of the desires that you desire, you want, but you still don't have? What are some of your unmet desires that you are battling with? Can you identify them right now? More importantly, listen. To what extent are they consuming you? To what extent are they controlling your thoughts and your behaviors now? Because, listen my friends, because the degree to which they are consuming and controlling your thoughts and your behaviors will determine the extent, listen, will determine the extent of conflicts you will have with people around you. The effect is far greater than what you and I can That's why I believe uh, what Joe Novenson rightly observed when he said this. If you are not a steward of you, then you are a victim of you. And if you are a victim of you, then everybody you know, close to you will be a victim of you. In other words, my friends, if you allow your unmet desires to consume you and to control you, you become a victim of your own desires. And not only you, but everyone close to you, and especially your loved ones, they become victims of your desires as well. Conflicts arise from unmet desires that we struggle in our hearts. It begins on the inside of us, and then it goes on the outside to the people around us. This leads us to the next point. That is this. The conflict of our desires with others. James continues and says this in verse 2. You desire, but you do not have. And so, what do you do? You kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So as a result, you quarrel and you fight. Now, in this verse, 
James reveals that the problem is not just about the desires that we have. Because let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. Some of the desires we have are nothing wrong in or by themselves. In fact, you and I can safely say some of the desires that we have are even in line with the scriptures. Isn't it true? For example, the desire for a loving, intimate relationship with our spouse, right? The desire to see our children grow in the fear of the Lord, being obedient and kind and so on. The desire to be good stewards of our finances. The desire for our parents to be loving, to be patient and understanding. For example, the desire to see our leaders, our members and the whole church grow spiritually mature. The desire to see every single member of the church making disciples of Jesus. For example, the desires to be attached, to be married, to have lovely, cute, bubbly kids. The desire to have our own nice house. The desire to have a good job with good salary. Desire to be loved, cared, to be respected, to be treated well. And the lease just goes on. But of course, there are also desires that are inherently wrong. For instance, the desire of lust or the desire out of lust, greed and pride and so on. So the issue is not just about our desires, whether they are good or evil. In fact, do you realize in this text, James didn't even bother to talk about who is right, who is wrong. James didn't even mention, guys, you know the way you are looking at that, the way you guys are responding to that, the way you guys are saying things about like that, it's wrong, you are wrong, you are right. No, he doesn't bother because he is not just interested, or rather he is not interested at all on the symptoms of the conflicts, he goes straight to the source. So the issue is not just about our desires, that's where it starts, but that is not just the issue, whether they are good or bad. The issue is this, listen carefully. The issue is that the moment we begin to see our object of desire as something being essential, it's like must die, die, must have, right? That kind of statement we use, right? This one, die, die, must have. When our object of desire, whatever that is, good or evil, whenever our object of desire is, becomes as something essential to satisfy our deepest longing, or when we begin to see our object of desire as something that is biblically non-negotiable, wow! I think this one speaks really to those who are mature Christian. You consider yourself spiritually mature. Whoa, you know everything about the Bible and you can see everything biblically. And you are so like your desire to see God's will, God's glory in the life of people in the world. And you are like, wow, this is sin. And then you just go and just whack it. You see 
your the, the object of your desire as something non-negotiable, as something that you rightfully deserve. When we begin, the moment we begin to see our object of desire as something essential, as something deserving, it moves from being just a desire It is no longer, I wish I could have. It evolves into, I must have. I must have it. If not, I will not be happy. This is where trouble sets in. Even if the initial desire was not inherently wrong, in fact, some of the desires may be really in line with God. It, it, it's really to bring glory to God, maybe. But it has grown so strong that it begins to control our thoughts and our behaviors. We end up wanting it so badly that we would go all the way to get it. And in the process of that, what we do is we, be, we, we start to argue. We, we, we disagree. We quarrel, we fight, and then the unthinkable happens. What is that? We kill. Right. What James said. Kill. In the process of going all the way to get what we are not getting. Listen. In the process of going all the way to get what we are not getting from someone, we kill our relationships with them. And this is why what John Calvin, some of you may know him, said is so true. And this is what he said. The evil in our desires typically lies not so much in what we desire as in the fact that we desire it far, far, far too much. That's right. We desire it far too much that we become obsessed by it. And we feel rightly uh, uh, deserved of our desires. And that's when our desires become our demands. So let me ask you, my brothers and sisters and my friends, what are some of your desires that have become or that are apparently becoming demands? Can you identify them? Or think in this way with me. What are some of your desires, okay, that your mind is occupied, that your mind is obsessed with, and it's controlling your thoughts and your behaviors? Of course, not in a good way. Somebody said this, based on this text. How do I know? that my desires are becoming my demands in an unhealthy way. Does it consume me? Means 
Even when you are not thinking of anything, that thing comes to your mind. You know, this is what I've been wanting to. You know, maybe for some of you, you, know, you are an iPhone fan. Maybe you know, when you get the news that the new, the latest model is coming up, wow, you know, your mind is just consumed. You know, you just keep going and then just seeing the design. You know, and then you just keep thinking of it. You know, it's consumed by it. Perhaps, for some of you right now, as you are listening to me, actually you are looking at me, you are listening to me, but your mind has wandered and you are thinking about something else. Perhaps that could be something that is consuming you. Second is, do I sin? You know, do I sin to get what I want? Do I, am I willing to even manipulate people or situation? Am I even willing to just, you know, don't care as long as I get? The third is, you sin. Do I sin when I don't get? Means, when I don't get what I want, why react to it? Why like just ah, scream and then it's just like our friendship is no more or so and so forth. It reminds me of my son. You know, my son and my daughter, they, they have a love and hate relationship. You know, for those of you parents who have children, or even for those of you who have siblings, you, are, you have siblings, you know, right? Love, love and hate, love-hate relationship, right? My son would always say, you know, Yanni, um, if you don't give me, I don't play with you. <laughs> you know, if you, don't play with, if, you don't, if you don't give me, I don't play with you. If you don't give me, uh, next time I don't give you my toy, you know, that kind of stuff. If, if you don't get it, do you sin? So what are those desires? Identify those desires and repent from them. Repent before they destroy your relationships with the people around you, and especially those who are close to you. Just trust me, my brothers and sisters, friends. It's more painful and hurtful than we can think. When because of what you desire, don't get, you kill your relationships. At that point in time, of course, you would feel every right to say that forget about this relationship. I don't care anymore. It's a burden for me with this relationship anyway. Well, you can justify that way. But after it happens, trust me. Those of you who have experienced, you know more painful and hurtful than we can imagine. Finally, the conflict of our desires with God. James tells us the reason why we don't get what we desire or what we want from others in a conflict. This is what he said. You do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have what you desire from others because you do not ask God. Now, this means, listen, there are some good things or things that even uh, God promises, you know, or, or, or desires to give us. There are things that God promises and God desires to give to us. But 
We still do not have it. Perhaps for some of you, you, you may be in a state like, I thought the Bible promises that I will have peace, I will have that, I will have that when I do that. How come I don't have? Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to give you the power. How come I feel I don't have power? James says, simply because not, or we did not pray and ask God. Now, this reminds us of something very important truth. Listen. There are some things that God will give us only condition only when we pray and ask Him. Let me say that again. There are some things that God has already promised. There are some things that God will give you and me only when we take time to pray and ask from Him. Question. You take time to pray and ask God specifically for those things that you desired from others. For instance, we desire, as parents, we desire our kids to respect and obey us, right? Nothing wrong in this desire. The question is this, did you really take time to specifically pray that your kids will respect and obey you? Did you? Or did you simply wonder, these days, huh? don't know, kids are huh? so disrespectful. Mwah! Argue back, you know, cannot take it. Mwah! Did you pray specifically, my son, my daughter, Lord, please speak to him. Speak to her. Help him to grow. Help her to grow, to fear you, to be respectful, to be kind, to be loving. Or did you just wonder why kids are so unruly these days and just go about complaining? And just meeting up with another friend, like, your kids, oh, your kids also like that. Like, yeah, 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 my kids also like that. I uh, forget it, like, you know, that kind of thing. Then perhaps for some of us, who, some parents, I think, you know, we are a bit serious about our parenting. Oh, I think we better go and learn how to parent, how to discipline them. Oh. We, I don't know whether there is any book, 21st century way of disciplining kids, I don't know. And we go and learn and all those. The question that James is asking us is, did you pray? Pray, because for some of us, the reason could be because we didn't pray. We have tried our all tricks, all our tricks, you know, in disciplining them, saying and so and so forth. But maybe. Another instance, we desire our parents to love us, right? For those children, we have our parents, we desire our parents to be to be what? To to, to love us and to be patient with us, right? Especially if you are still young, you consider yourself teenager or even young adults. We want our parents to be, to be patient with us. And especially, come on guys, we want them to be what? Understanding, correct? Like, yo parents, 
We are your generation. I mean, not your, your generation, but we are like different generation. And we want them to understand us. Right? And there's nothing wrong in that desire. In fact, it's so biblical. You should desire, you kind of deserve that desire in a sense. But did you really take time to specifically pray for your parents about your desires? Lord, please help my mom, my dad. To understand what I'm going through, I'm not even able to express. And I know it's difficult for my mom, my dad to understand what I'm going through. Please, God, help him, help her. Did you pray? Or did you simply conclude that I, uh, our parents, all out, outdated, uh, they will never understand us. And therefore, we just don't care and just rebel or ignore them. We desire our spouse to love us unconditionally, to make time for us, to be faithful to us. Again, nothing wrong in this desire as well. But the question is, did you really take time to specifically pray for your spouse about your desires? Every spouse wants to have a loving, intimate relationship. That's the design of marriage. And yes, if you are a spouse, the Bible says you deserve it. Each of you deserve to have a loving, intimate relationship with each other. Your body is not yours anymore when you get married. Your body belongs to the other one. And so that's why nothing wrong to desire for your spouse to love you unconditionally, isn't it? But the question is, did you just simply harbor it in your heart? It's like, wow, my wife, my husband, too busy. No time. And you just go about complaining about your spouse to someone. And then, of course, there are some of you, you really don't take time to pray, really. You really don't take time to pray and ask God to give you what you desire from others. Do you know why? For a very simple reason, because let's be honest, you already know what you desire is evil. They are selfish, motivated by lust, greed, and pride. So obviously, if that is the case, then of course you will never think of praying and asking God. Now at this point, for some of you, some of us may think, all right? Some of us may think, wait, what I desired from the other person is nothing wrong or evil, all right? So I'm, I've, I've cleared that. In fact, it even appears to be good and pleasing to God. Mm. And wait, really? Pastor, you are wrong. I even took time to pray. Hey, James, I even took time to pray about what I desire. But then how come I still don't have what I desire? And James provides a perspective in what he says next. This is what he says. Oh, well, for those of you who pray, all right, you may think, no, 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 that's not our category. The first part is not our category. You know, we prayed, you know. So how James explained, James explains, well, 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 some of you, you prayed. You ask, I know. But you still do not have it. You still do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives so that what? 
you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So what's the reason? We have wrong motives. In other words, sometimes, let's be honest again, sometimes there is a selfish motive even in the good that we seek from others. Let me say that again. Sometimes there is a selfish motive in us, even in the good that we seek from others. For instance, we want our kids to grow up to be obedient, hardworking, and with good character, right? Let's be honest, nothing wrong. I want that from my kids. And that's why I get angry when they are not like that. <laughs> it's like, son, I told you many times, you know. Sometimes, that good intention that we have, we think it is, Sometimes it's not so primarily for the good of our kids. Of course, we think that, you know, we want our kids to grow up. It's for their good. Son, daughter, it's for your good. It's not for me. So that when you grow up, you have good characters. And you, you kind of like, you know, you live life well. So that you don't, you don't get bullied and so and so forth, right? It's for your good. Sometimes, let's be honest. It's not so primarily for the good of our kids, but so that we as parents want to be seen as good and successful parents. Right? Parents, let's be honest. And that's what James is trying to say. Sometimes there is a selfish motive somewhere in the corner of our heart, sitting at the corner of our heart, that if we don't take time to look into it, we may miss it. There can be a selfish motive even in the good that we seek from others. God knows our real motives, my dear brothers and sisters, because He sees what is truly inside of us. And so we must understand this very important truth, and that is this. God doesn't simply give us whatever we ask of Him in prayer. No, He doesn't. I'm sure you know that. And guess what? Thanks be to God, He doesn't. If not, what? All of us will be in deep trouble. The whole world will be in a greater mess than it is already, right, today? Thank God that He doesn't answer all our prayers. We pray to God. And then God decides what to give us. And he gives us what is best for us at that given time. So check your motives. Ask God to reveal the true motive that is deeply seated in your heart. This one you must take time to really examine and ask God. Because there are some things deeply seated in our hearts. And as the scripture says, the heart is deceitful above all things else. So if we don't take time, check the motives, and we will not be able to detect. Ask God. Reveal that. Because sometimes we don't realize it. What we desire may be neutral, even good and pleasing to God. Uh, we want 
to satisfy our hidden, selfish reasons. That possible? <laughs> and that's what James says. So let me quickly summarize what we talked about today. According to God, through James, the root cause of all conflicts. Now, I hope we all go back, you all go back online, knowing. Well, you may disagree, that's fine. But we are not talking about what you think. What we think is the root cause. We are focusing on what God says, the root cause of all our conflict. So God, through James, tells us that the root cause of all our conflicts is our desires. It is the conflict of our desires inside of us, with others, and with God. Conflicts arise because there are some desires consuming and controlling our thoughts and our behaviors. And so, we begin to think and feel that we will never be happy or satisfied or find fulfillment in life unless we get what we desire. And if those desires are good and pleasing to God, we even feel more deserving. This is where desires become demands. So in the process of getting what we want from others, we argue, we fight, we quarrel with them. And as a result, even our prayers and motives and our intentions of asking God what we desire becomes what? Misguided and misplaced. So let me now end by suggesting all of us three application questions for you to ask, for me to ask when we encounter a conflict or when we are about to encounter a conflict with someone, okay? Here's the first question that you can ask yourself. What is it that I want from him or from her, from them? But I am not it. Listen, because in any conflict, there is something you want, something you are demanding from the other person, but you are not getting from him. What is it? Respect? Understanding heart? Or is it like not to argue with you at all? Just listen and do what you say? Ask yourself, what exactly is it that I want from him, from her, from my parents, from my kids, from my spouse, from my colleagues, from my friends, from my students, from my teachers? What exactly is that that I want from him and be as honest as you can when you answer this question. You know why? Because who knows? You may be shocked to find out what you are demanding from the other person. And then who knows? 
after finding out what you are actually demanding from the other person, you might just stop asking for it. What is it that I want from him, but I'm not getting? Second question. What is it that he wants, she wants, they want from me, but he is also not getting it? Why? Of course, you are not giving what he wants. Just as, just as you want something from him, he wants something from you as well. And he is as mad as you are at him because he is not getting what he wants from you. And that is why in a conflict with someone, do you realize? Actually, you are so mad at this person because to him, the whole issue is you. He goes around, she goes around and telling, I, uh, this guy, really, I thought he was not like that. He doesn't listen at all. He doesn't understand. He's still like, and so and so forth. So the whole issue is you. Why? You're not giving to him what he wants. So listen to him. Find out what he wants, what he's demanding from you, what he's desiring from you. Because when you know exactly what he wants, who knows? You may be in a better position to listen, to turn the conflict around into a meaningful and healthy conversation. How about that? To ask, what is it that he wants from me, that he's not getting it? Finally, ask this important question, that is, what is the God thing for me to do? What is the God thing for me to do? If we have the power to create, if we have the power to start a conflict, I believe we have the power to stop a conflict as well. Especially when we choose to respond by doing or saying the God thing. What is this thing called God thing, right? Well, let me put it very simply. God thing is anything. That's right. God thing is anything that Jesus instructs us through his life and his teachings with regards to our relationship with others. But I must say, usually, God thing is hard things. Such as what? Forgiving. Suffering. Humility and so on. It's hard, but it keeps us from fighting. It's hard, but it keeps us from quarreling. It's hard, but it keeps us from killing our relationships with others. So let me ask you, especially to those of you who are in the midst of some kind of conflict with someone over something. It could be even with God. Or it could be even with your 
stealth. What is the God thing that you can do today? What is the God thing that you can do today? And come on, seriously, let's be honest. Many of us, we know what are the God things to do in a situation. Because you know enough of the Bible, you have heard enough of the sermons and messages, you know. The problem is not times not knowing, right? Sometimes it's, the, or rather, most of the time, the problem is knowing and not doing it. The reason why we don't do it is, I know, it's hard. It's tough. It's not easy. It's not natural. So yes, it's going to be hard. That God thing that you can do in your conflict that you are going through or the conflict that you may encounter this week, next week, it's going to be hard. Yes, it may cause a lot of inconvenience from your side. Yes, you may not be comfortable and yes, you may not like it. But hey, listen. It might just save your life. Hard. But doing the God thing may just save your life from breaking apart even more. It just might save your relationships with someone. Trust me, you really, really want to do anything in your capacity to save your life and your relationship with yourself, with others, and with. Do you bow your heads down with me as I pray for all? Holy Spirit, I thank you for an opportunity for us to hear from the word, James. Thank you. It's a good reminder again for all of us. Come to understand again the root issue, the root cause of all kinds of Holy Spirit, even as I speak all these, I must be honest, Lord, that I struggle for myself, the experience, experiences that I have, and even this tendency to even fail again and again. And I know that the feeling, even for those who are listening today, because for some of us, we have really experienced we have encountered conflicts that when we think about it, it's a horror, it's a nightmare. There are so many regrets. Those of us who have encountered 
regrets, Lord, where we say, if only I didn't say that, if only she didn't say that, if only we didn't go there. And there is this struggle, Lord, why? Why is it so hard for us? But Holy Spirit, through the words of James, you have revealed to us. It again goes back to our heart. And because of this sinful nature that is in us, oh Lord, we can, there's this, we always ponder and, 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 and just, we wander away. I pray, O oh Holy Spirit, that you will come and on a daily basis that you will cleanse our heart. We need a deep cleansing of our heart, O oh Lord. So right now, even as we struggle in thinking of those questions that we have asked about our own desires that are consuming us, whether good or evil, that's not the point. We struggle. As some of our desires are becoming demands and we are forcefully pushing through our way and, and worse still, for some of us, we don't even realize, we don't even admit that is what is happening. Oh Lord, without you coming and intervening in our hearts, oh Lord, we are doomed. Failure, gain and again. Oh, please, Holy Spirit, come and cleanse our hearts so that our desires will not only be good and pleasing to God, but it will be loving, it will be patience, it will be sacrificial towards others, that we will not just want to push our desires, but we would want to consider, we would want to do the God thing after we evaluate what we desire and what others are desiring. And Holy Spirit, you have to be the one to do the core work at the core of our being. The Holy Spirit, come like a refining fire and just cleanse us. Make us holy. Make us holy. Thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name.